0: hello podcast listeners uh, once again i've had some trouble with my digital recorder at mass this morning so instead of getting this week's homily live you're getting it recorded from my study so here goes well this is one of those gospels that makes it difficult to croak out a praise to you lord jesus christ at the end isn't it there really doesn't appear to be much good news here Jesus says he's come to set the earth on fire and he's going to bring division and conflict in families. Even the Old Testament reading isn't much help. Jeremiah says things the authorities don't want to hear, so they toss him in a muddy cistern to die. Even St. Paul keeps things pretty dark, explaining the opposition, struggle, and martyrdom Christians must endure. This sort of thing isn't what most of us have come to expect from our faith. We're much more comfortable with topics like forgiveness, mercy, unconditional love, second chances, and reconciliation. We're more comfortable with butterflies and angels and rainbows than that Footprints in the Sand poem than we are with the idea that our faith may have a price to pay. Just as a side note, one parody of that famous Footprints poem ends with, My dear child, the times when you've seen only one set of footprints that's when I was dragging your sorry butt across the beach, or even more famously, the sand people walk in single file to hide their numbers. I don't think I have to explain to anyone that here that life isn't all hearts and flowers, and that there are times when a phrase on a bumper sticker isn't enough to see you through. We have to live with conflict and division. It's not what we seek. But there are times, sometimes even because of our faith, that we find ourselves at an impasse. People of goodwill, people of the same faith, can sometimes find themselves on opposite sides to say nothing of the conflict between people of faith and the forces of evil. In a world as polarized as ours is, the constant feelings of opposition are stoked by media and social media that are designed to oversimplify the issues, impose false binaries, and generate fear. Jesus knew that his message would not find universal acceptance. Even the Beatitudes with their message of peace and consolation have a prophetic edge that will be threatening to those who have power. And as Jeremiah found out when speaking prophetically and to call for reform is to invite the kind of conflict that lands one at the bottom of a muddy cistern. Today, prophets can expect internet shaming, Twitter storms, and the horrors of our call-out-and-cancel culture. Sometimes even the people we love the most won't be able to accept the prophetic edge of the gospel. If you've ever had the horrible experience of living in a divided household, you know how painful that can be. If you've seen your friends or even your children walk away from the faith that is so important to you, you know what this gospel is about. One thing I think we have to remember is that these divisions don't necessarily mean that we have failed. I can't tell you the number of parents who've come up to me anguished because their children don't go to church anymore or their child has made a choice they find unacceptable. I usually ask, and how old is your child? And they may say, well, she's 24. And then I ask, then why is this still your responsibility or somehow your fault if she's an adult and she's making her own choices? So sadly, conflict and division are part of the deal. They're part of the way the world works. They are part of our experience of the cross, which means that they can't be avoided. We don't like conflict and we don't seek division But the fact is, where the gospel is proclaimed, some people get it and some people don't, and some people just won't understand it the same way you do. So how do we live in the midst of conflict and division? I think we have to look at the broader context of our faith and the whole message of the gospel. First of all, we have a commitment to the truth, and that means that there are times when compromise is really not an option but we also have a concomitant commitment to charity, to the virtue of love. And that means that our commitment to truth can never be communicated in ways that are self-righteous or judgmental or cruel. We're also committed to reconciliation, which means that we can never be satisfied with conflict and division, but must find ways to seek unity and peace. There was a time, and I can remember this clearly, When to be prophetic meant to stand at the margins and speak the truth to power at the center. Today, when we are so polarized and everyone is expected to choose sides and is pushed to the extremes, to be prophetic means to stand in the center and say, I'm not choosing sides. I'm choosing to be a bridge, to engage in dialogue, and to love people even at their most fear-driven extremes. The danger, of course, is that when you're standing in the center, it means to everyone else on the edges, you look like you're on the other side. This is one of those Gospels that doesn't present us with any easy answers, and it doesn't let us take our conflicts and dress them up with a nice pious bow. The peace that Jesus came to bring isn't the peace that comes from the absence of all conflict, but from the resolution of all conflict. And that resolution will ultimately come with God's kingdom and not before. In the meantime, we continue to live in the midst of conflict and division. And we work for reconciliation and dialogue, knowing that our ultimate peace comes from God alone.